Y'all need to chill on Zion Williamson. Let's get into it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, a media day, and we're back to five days a week. So thank you very much for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Pelicans is free and available five days a week on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Pelicans. You can just give it a search. So if you're watching me, I appreciate you tuning in. Start basically of a new year for your New Orleans Pelicans. I wanted to do a media day thing. I had this great, great like question queued up of like one question for every Pelicans player, someone who's going to make the roster, not some of these training camp guys. And then it got completely derailed when I put that on Twitter with some of the responses because a lot of you are very upset with Zion Williamson. And I'll be honest, I'm confused by this. I'm confused by a lot of the anger towards this guy and the wanting him to be more than he's already been, which has been really, really freaking good. And I'm not going to swear on this, but trust me, I want to swear on today's show. I'm not going to. So let's, I want to dive into this topic, the frustration with Zion Williamson and why I think it's actually like kind of crazy and incorrect. And we'll get into it all from a number of areas because I think this comes from a few main places. The first is just like a general frustration with the team right now. They just haven't been good these past two years and they should have been better, right? Like the 10th seed wasn't particularly hard bar to clear these past two years and they haven't been able to do that. So it's easy to kind of look back and look for almost a scapegoat on this, right? And Zion and his defense and people pin a lot on that. I don't think that's fair. And I'll explain why in the next segment of today's show. And look, The guy was historic last year, Um, and it's similar to people thinking he's out of shape, fat, whatever word you want to use with it, and not working out with his teammates and wanting to really put more of an emphasis on that than it needs. I don't think that's correct either, right? Uh, You know, if he's in shape or out of shape but plays like he did last year, I'll personally deliver all the Popeye's orders he wants to him. He was that good. He was an all-star at 20 years old. He got votes for an all-NBA team at 20 years old. He did things we've never seen in the NBA at 20 years old. He's played 85 games here in the NBA. Like, What more should he be doing at this point? Yeah, you want him to be the leader of the team? Like, Maybe, maybe that's not him. But are you really complaining about his game that much when you look at this team the past year, two years, right? Or just really last year. With everything that went wrong and why they didn't make the playoffs, like where would you rank Zion? Because I don't really have him in like the top 10 reasons why this team was bad last year. Why are we throwing this all on him? The second side of this is, I think people are worried about him leaving, right? And I said this in the show the other day. You know, I I think people are almost preemptively turning on him so that if he does eventually leave, takes a qualifying offer, forces his way out, you can be like, well, I already hated that guy, so whatever. He's been dead to me for a while. And it just won't hurt as bad. Like, I honestly think this is some sort of, like, 
underlying sense of like fan protection to it, which honestly makes kind of sense, right? Like you can't get broken up with if you never date in the first place, right? You can't get your heart broken if you don't let anyone love you or you don't love anyone else. I think it's almost a sense of that, like self preservation even if people don't realize that they're doing it because there's no reason to be upset with him like there really isn't you can ask for a little bit more for him and you should say he should take a step forward this year but the like vitriol i've seen him get on twitter and by the way he's seen it and he's wondered why people are so upset with him i can tell you that for a fact too i think is a little bit crazy so a couple of things with this one the stuff about the qualifying offer i don't think is really coming from his camp I think that's a lot of speculation of people in the media. And you heard it with Zach Lowe and Andrew Lopez, our friend of the show of ESPN, talking about this. Zach Lowe's saying, I don't think he's going to do this, but if there was ever a player that was going to do it, it would be Zion. It's just like the natural conclusion to think. I've said it too, and that doesn't come from his camp. This is just more if there was ever a guy to do it, it would be this guy. Because this team hasn't been good. And that's going to get to another question I'm going to ask before we wrap up the first segment of today's show, right? Like, second with all of this stuff with him potentially leaving and people being annoyed with this, you know, he shouldn't be responding to every made-up rumor about him wanting out or things like that. So you can think they're coming from his camp because he's not responding to it, but he shouldn't be doing that. You don't want to give made-up stuff credence and validate it by being like no I never said anything like that and now more eyes go to that site and the next thing they put it out you don't do that you just put your head down and you move forward I don't really think he at least publicly said anything wrong or done anything wrong maybe he just doesn't want to hang out with his teammates and wants to work with his own people in the offseason would I like him with the team yeah if he comes out and plays like an all NBA guy again am I going to complain sure as hell no I'm not going to if you play like you do and the team wins games, I'm not going to complain. Neither would you. So I think that side of things is a little overblown, right? And look, I think part of this is David Griffin too. He doesn't have a good relationship with David Griffin. They haven't talked really in over a year. Griff clearly wants to do things his way. And I don't think responds well to if you try and challenge him on a lot of that stuff, right? And won't even give you a straight answer should you do that. He really only seems to respond when media pressure is on him. So maybe, maybe this is his family's way. If they're leaking some of this stuff, and they are to an extent, maybe this is their way to put pressure on David Griffin to make the team better and to put a winner around Zion because he should have by now. This is a guy who was granted like the golden ticket when it comes to a rebuild. You don't really truly start your rebuild till you have your franchise player. They have that in Zion, nearly all NBA last year. An all-star in year two. He's played 85 games. That's incredible. Historic numbers last season, right? Maybe they're just trying to put pressure on Griff to build around that guy better than he's done so far because he hasn't. And we can get into all that stuff, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure we will here coming up in a little bit. But let me put it to you this way. Has this franchise done anything that should make Zion Williamson want to stay? Be honest. Have they? I don't think there's a ton, right? They weren't good last year. They were the 36th team in the league when it came to three-point percentage. They were terrible. They were 35 when it came to attempts. They couldn't shoot threes around Zion, a guy you need spacing for. David Griffin traded a first-round pick for Steven Adams, and then a year later when that didn't work out, and there were signs that we saw of Steven Adams having a decline in his play from OKC, traded another first to move off of him. That doesn't inspire confidence if you're Zion's family or if you're Zion. 
Put a better team out there on the court. Now, some of it's out of Griff's control. We didn't expect a guy like Eric Bledsoe to be so bad. But until Zion doesn't make an all-star game or doesn't get all NBA votes, I'm not really worried about anything when it comes to him. Because I don't think it's actually holding him back. He's been as good as advertising everything you could want for where he is right now in his development out there on the NBA court. And that's what I want to get into in the next part. The defense. Is that truly a valid thing to like scream at him? Or is he actually progressing in the right way for this? And we'll get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though... Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Sleeper Game Picks. In 2018, fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. Made no sense, and there's basically no strategy to it. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, Owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. Days of losing because your opponent had more games played than you? It's done. Days of mindless busy work just setting your lineup every single day? You know, the guys who are playing, right? It's not like it's hard to do. That's over. Days of giving up halfway through the season because it's just too much of a time commitment? Honestly, it's annoying to set your lineup every single day. In game picks, you get one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. And all of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. So whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you want an engaging, strategic game of fantasy basketball, game picks is the way. It's one of a kind, and it's the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. So download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. Thank you again for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're still talking about Zion Williamson. While you all need to chill on being upset with him over stuff that is like not... In my opinion, big deal. We just went into some of it in the last segment, and I don't think anything's really holding back. He's been as good as advertised, but people really want to harp on the defense when it comes to him. And to one extent, I get it, right? Like, he's so polished offensively. He's so good there, especially Point Zion. Did you forget about that? That if you have to criticize him, it's really only on defense, right, in terms of his on-court play. Okay, fair. But here's the thing. I don't think he was bad last year. Like, is, is he an amazing defender? No. Does he look like he did at Duke? No. But I think that's okay. I think there's reasons for that. And I actually think his progression in terms of defense is actually on track for what it should be. I don't really have a problem with what we've seen from him at all when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. Keep in mind, he's played 85 games. He's 21 years old. Should he be that good on defense? 
The answer is no. It takes guys three, four years before they really start to make a positive impact on the defensive side of the ball for the most part, particularly guys that are carrying the offensive load that he has too. And I think that's worth keeping in mind when a guy does so much offensively and they don't do as much defensively, it's kind of okay. Like it's usually not a problem. You've never had an issue with this before, right? He had a usage rate of 29.8%. He was running the offense 30% of the time was basically with him. It's a lot. Buddy Heald coming to the league did was bad defensively, and it wasn't a knock on him because he did so much offensively at Oklahoma that people kind of understood. It's no different for Zion here, but here's the thing. He's been okay on defense, particularly his last season went on. So the Pelicans had a bad defensive rank overall. They finished the year ranked 23rd in the NBA in terms of defensive rating. But they changed schemes midway through the year. They did that whole pack the paint, right, leave open shooters thing, and it was just hot garbage. That was a Stan Van Gundy thing, not a Zion thing. And look, Zion's not a post defender, but if you're asking him to stay down low, it's not going to work. But what he did at Duke was kind of wreak havoc in passing lanes and out on the perimeter a little bit with his leaping ability and things like that. He wasn't defending centers and like playing post up and back to the basket stuff and defending that. It's not really what he does, and he isn't good at that. And if you ask him to do it, it's going to be a failure. But they're not, you know, so if you ask him to do that for the first part of the year, yeah, he's going to look bad. Everyone looked bad. That defense was atrocious. Then they changed the scheme and didn't do that anymore. And the team's defense got better. From March 1st through the end of the season, so this was 31 games, the Pelicans had the 11th best defense. For all of you who are screaming about Zion being terrible on defense, you need to try more. For 31 games, they were the 11th ranked defense. So what? That's about half the year or so, give or take. Does he get no credit in that at all, in your opinion? Or did things just get better? His scheme clearly got better and they did something that actually worked. Say it's that. We saw him get better as the year went on. He's not going to look like he did at Duke, right? Where he's the most physically talented guy out there on the court playing against a bunch of other guys that aren't going to make it in the NBA. Good basketball players, yes. NBA players, no. And using him in ways that worked. There's less spacing in the college game, right? Guys don't have as quick of a release, so he's able to block shots a little bit more. It's different in the NBA. He was a very instinctual player at Duke. He had a nose for the basketball. We've seen some of that from him. But if you're looking for him to dominate a game defensively, I just don't think you're going to see that at the NBA level with him. At least not yet. Court's spaced out better, so he can't jump those passing lanes as quick. They throw the ball faster. They shoot the ball quicker. I think he's on the right progression through 85 games. So a lot of people, when the Pelicans signed Devontae Graham, threw out ESPN's uh, real plus minus, defensive real plus minus, is trying to say that Devontae Graham's a good defender. He's not. He's undersized and he's a bad defender, but he grades out well in that statistic for, for whatever reason. So does Zion. Seventh best power forward in terms of defensive real plus minus. Okay. 37th best defensive real plus minus score overall in the league so if you're one of those people that think Devontae Graham's a good defender because of that stat and look I don't think that stat's all that great to be fair you have to kind of say Zion's a good defender too B.I. by the way grades out terribly in that 28th in just small forwards alone so when you look at Zion I don't think it's actually 
as bad, right? Like, I think it's his defense isn't where you'd like it to be, yeah, but is it on, like, the right project, uh, trajectory? Like, yeah, I actually think it is there. I don't think he's been nearly as bad as people want to make it out to be. It's not like he's not committed on that side of the ball. I think he's also kind of winded and trying to catch his breath there because he's doing so much offensively. If you want him to be better on the defensive side of the ball, he might need to take a bit of a step back on offense. And do you want that? Because I don't. Not at all. So when I see this, I, I think this is all a little bit overblown. And so when people are telling me, let's get into that in the next thing. Look, this is how we we, we discuss this with him because I think there's a better way than some of what I've seen. Um, and look, if you want to have questions about things, we'll get into that. Real areas of concern for him coming up and how to kind of discuss all of that rather than being like, he needs to care on defense. He does, I, I promise you. So we'll get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. They're basically candy bars that are healthy for you. You wouldn't realize you're eating something that's good for you and a protein bar. You're honestly going to think it's like a Halloween treat or something like that. And they've got so many delicious flavors. There's really something for everyone. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, a personal favorite of mine double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, German chocolate cake. I just got the cookie dough bars that has like cookie dough chunks on them. And the macros on these things are still awesome even with that. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180. So you're not wasting all that cardio you just did. You ran for an hour and burned what, like 150 calories, maybe a little bit more than that. You need one of these things and it doesn't just like annihilate all of that and make it worse. It's Perfect, depending on how many calories you're burning when it comes to all of that. Only four to five grams sugar, only four to five grams net carbs. They're all healthy. They're all delicious. They have special limited edition flavors. Again, the coconut brownie chunk, if you can ever get that one, just, just order it, I promise. So if you are eating a protein bar, you may as well eat the best tasting one, and that is Built Bar, and it's without a question. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at Built.com. Tom. All right, continuing to talk about all things Zion Williamson and while a bunch of you, bunch of you really need to chill when it comes to him. But again, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and it's also available on YouTube free, free, no paywall and five days a week, basically wherever you get any any sort of content. Locked on Pelicans is there. So Zion Williamson, right? Like I, I As I said, and I laid it out, I think this is overblown. I really think the anger towards him is overblown. Would you like him to work out with his teammates? Yes. Until that's like the reason why he's not living up to his potential or the team's not living up to their potential, though, I'm not going to sweat it. Like, I'm really not. If he comes into camp and doesn't look cut, and spoiler alert, you'll see him later today, he's not going to look trim and fit. But he's going to be fine. I do think he's in game shape, and if he needed to go play basketball, he would dominate. As long as he's doing that... I don't care. What, 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 what are we worrying about then, right? I think he's going to be able to dominate this season, push for an all-NBA team, make an all-star berth again, and help this team and continue to improve on defense. I think we're overblowing all of this other stuff. Does If he doesn't take a step forward defensively this year, yeah, then let's worry. But when you look at last season, you're really going to blame much of how bad last year was on him. You're going to blame the defense on him more than that atrocious scheme that Stan Van Gundy tried to run. Are you going to blame Zion more than just Stan Van Gundy being a crap coach? Are you going to blame Zion more than Eric Bledsoe mailing in the entirety of the year? A starter? 
not carrying at all. You remember the Knicks game? I wasn't paying attention. You never heard anything like that out of Zion. That wasn't ever the case with Zion Williamson. What are we worried about? What are we worried about? Honestly, until it holds him back, I'm not concerned about anything with him. Again, I'll deliver the Popeyes to him if it's going to make him put up 27, 7, and 5 assists on 60-something percent shooting. Numbers that only like Larry Bird, Shaq, Barkley, Elijah Wan, Kevin McHale, all these people he's been compared to, right? Until we, Until he's not doing that, Maybe back off a minute. I also think some of the backlash towards Zion is actually being perpetuated by David Griffin to make himself look a little bit better. Notice the timing on some of this stuff, but that's neither here nor there um, when it comes to all of it. So I think this is all overblown. Look, should he be working out with the teammates? Yeah, but unless it actually causes problems, then like I, I don't care. And if he comes out and dominates this year, are you really going to care? If the Pelicans make the playoffs, are you still going to be like, damn it, Zion, you should have been working out with the team in the offseason? You're probably not going to. You're probably going to look at this and be like, yeah, dude's fine. If he is an MVP candidate in some capacity, and I don't think he's there this year. You're going to really complain about him? You, sh- you shouldn't be because that actually, that type of attitude might make him leave, to be perfectly honest. But again, it's going to come down to team success. This is where Willie Green is really going to be important. That team looked very visibly different in Summer League. The team that was coached by Willie Green, not just the people that were there and the people that were absent from that. The stuff on the court looked noticeably different. As long as Zion buys into that, I'm cool with it. No no problem whatsoever. And until it holds him back or creates issues, yeah, he's kind of got a pass in my book. That's kind of how it goes. Do you not want this guy on the team? And if you don't, is it because you're actually worried about him leaving and you're trying to kind of get out ahead of those negative feelings? Or again, would you look at it if you were his parents and being like, yeah, this team isn't doing right by my kid here. They're not putting shooters around him. They're trying to pair him with Steven Adams. And then trading picks to get rid of Steven Adams, who you traded a pick four to get. Yeah, this is why I've been playing uh, bla- placing the blame more on David Griffin. I think you can look at Zion and say, you know, look, what this offseason were you doing to try and improve? And where, based on last year and the lack of team success, do you think you need to improve to try and help this team have the team success that you're craving? Instead of looking at it and completely absolving him of it, because I'm not doing that, but for the most part, kind of, you can look at it and go, okay, look at the team as it is now. What do you need to do to try and help this team even more than what you've already done? Because there is an expected growth trajectory and you can't just stagnate out after last year. You got to keep improving and getting better for the most part. That I think is fair to ask, right? But for people on Twitter to be like, this dude's fat and ask him why he's fat or ask him if he cares about defense. He definitely cares about defense. He wouldn't have gotten better defensively, right? The team wouldn't have been 11th defensively. Like they got significantly better. He's part of that. He gets some of the credit too. So I think all of that really, really does matter. So I think there's nothing really wrong with what he's doing. If it holds him back this year and he just doesn't look like the same player as last year, yeah, then I'm going to start to say maybe he should have been working out with his team and maybe he needs to kind of change how he approaches the offseason. But until that happens, if that happens, I'm not going to jump to that yet like a lot of people are doing. So I don't think we really need to worry about Zion whatsoever. But we're going to hear him at Media Day today. We're going to hear from David Griffin too. 
Willie Green as well as the others. And that means we're going to break it down tomorrow, maybe try and get a read on the situation a little bit better when we have some more data on all of this. So again, thank you all for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're going to be back with you tomorrow to look more at Media Day from later today. I will be there. And now for your second listen, please listen to the Locked On Saints podcast with Ross Jackson, breaking down the big Saints win the other day. I listen to that one every single day to keep up to date with everything going on around the NFL and your New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.